Hey everybody, this is Andy J. Miller and you are listening to the Ask a Freelancer podcast. This is episode three. Ask a Freelancer is brought to you by Cushion, a simple forecasting app for freelancers. Cushion gives you a bird's eye view of your schedule and income so you can plan months ahead and reach your financial goals for the year. Learn more about Cushion at cushionapp.com. All right, let's get to those real recordings of you the listener asking me the question here they go question one why would i freelance when i could have a full-time job so why freelance instead of being an employee. Okay, so I kind of tell everyone that you shouldn't freelance, actually. Uh, The only time you should freelance is if you are like a nun in that you have a deep, sincere calling into the field because honestly, it's super tough. It's, it is, and and I know a lot of people perpetuate that, but it is sincerely tough and I would not encourage people uh, lightly to go in and do it on your own because there's just there's a lot of stuff that you got to do now if you are a certain type of person let's call you a quote bad employee end quote uh, if you just can't hack it for some fundamental reasons not because you're uh uh, not a good person, <laughs> not because you're not talented, but just because you're essentially a bad employee for some core reasons, then I would say go out and freelance. You're going to thrive in ways that you could never do in regular employment. And I'm going to just talk through the two core components of what makes a bad employee good freelancer. Now, the first thing is if you're going to do uh If you're going to be a freelancer, I think one of the main reasons you want to do that is for autonomy. Now, this does not mean that you don't like having a boss. Like lots of people don't like having a boss, especially if it's a bad boss. The writer uh, John Acuff says that when you go from working for someone with one boss to working by yourself, now everybody's your boss. Your spouse is your boss. Your every client that emails you your boss. You went from one boss. It's like, uh, oh man, I'm really. Uh, if you can't stand spiders like me, then you might want to not listen to this for one second. But I can't get it out of my mind. My friend Josh Lewis uh, shared this story with me. He's an illustrator. He said that once when his uh, <laughs> when his mom uh, smashed a spider in their kitchen. It had babies in it, and then thousands of baby spiders went all over the place. And I think quitting and jumping into freelance is kind of like that. Like if you you wanted to get away from one boss, now you have thousands of boss bosses. Um, and I don't think running away from having a boss is a good reason to be a freelancer. Now, it's less about the what you're doing and who's telling you to do it. And it's more about the how you do the work and when. I really, really need to be a freelancer because I need the autonomy to work when it suits me, when I'm on 
not when the office is open. I need to be able to choose uh, when I'm doing the work. I also need to be able to choose how I accomplish it. If I want to accomplish it, two hour chunk, take a break, two hour chunk, take a break, or you know, do half of my thinking in the bathtub. Like I need to be able to do that because the way I work is kind of weird. I work in all kinds of different fits and starts and all kinds of different weird cobbled together things that doesn't really work in an office. And so for me, autonomy is everything. And uh, I'm so productive when I'm working for myself. Now, the other core thing that I think uh, I is really a big part of being a good freelancer, bad employee, is a sense of purpose. Now, the idea here is that when I go to work for somebody else, uh, it just seems so abstract. Like I go to work and somehow two weeks later, there's a paycheck in my mailbox. Like they just seem so disconnected. Like each shift is like learning a guitar chord um, and the paycheck is like a song. But what I really want to do is not just randomly learn chords. Like I feel like if I was learning guitar and my guitar teacher said, okay, well, I'm not going to tell you what song we're playing. I just want you to learn these 10 chords. I don't even, guys, you can t- clearly tell I have no idea what I'm talking about. I barely know how to play guitar. But, but let's just say, here's a list of guitar chords, um, but there's no real sense of the purpose of them. I could never learn them. But if we start with, here's a song I want to learn. You got to learn these three chords. Really basic, just just uh, you have this real connection between the monotony and the basics and that connects with the overall purpose of what you're doing. And that's motivating for me. Uh, going to a job is like just learning random chords over a period of time, plugging away, never really having a real connection of why are we doing this? Like you're just a smaller piece to a big hole that is really elusive in your everyday life. And I have a really hard time with that. The way I look at it is, it's like, uh, you know, the vegetables that you grow in your own garden taste so much better because you know the hard work that you had to put into them. Even when I feed my kids vegetables, if it's something that we take from the garden and they've watched the whole process of the growing, they've even helped plant them and pick them and wash them and they're in that whole process, for some reason, there's just this connection to the life cycle and it's so much more enjoyable. Um, They'll eat vegetables from our garden that they won't eat from the store. And sometimes I feel like having a job is like that. Like you're just doing this little thing. It's a big part of a giant hole and your, your living is not directly connected to it. And it's kind of hard to see the connection, which makes it hard to be motivated and it makes it hard to feel meaning and purpose. Now, when you're doing freelance, Everything you do is make or break. Like everything you do has a real connection to the overall purpose of your uh, work, to the overall bank statement. You work harder, you get more money. You work harder, you have a better business, you have a better reputation. Uh, And there's just this real deep connection um, from the start to the end that you don't often get as an employee. And if that's something that you really need, you might be a freelancer. 
What did you do to consistently keep a daily routine and not work unsociable hours? So this question is about keeping a routine. How do you maintain a routine for yourself when you're the one who's in charge? Uh, now, I think there's two main pieces of advice or tips that I would give you when it comes to getting a routine that works for you. Uh, I think there's just one real big stumbling block uh, for productivity, keeping your work going, and I don't think it's actually endurance. I think it's just getting started. Uh, there's a writer named Donald Miller. He, he says that when he finally lost weight, it was from a personal trainer that said, you can exercise for as long as you want. doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want once you get to the gym. Once you get to the gym, you can, you can ride a bike for five minutes and go home. The only rule is that you have to go to the gym every day. And for me, what I've found is the only challenge is getting started. There's a really good book on this called The War of Art. Not The Art of War, but The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, where he talks about this idea of the resistance. And the resistance is this force that's going to stop you from making your creative work. And that the real way to kill the resistance is just to show up every day and get started. I found that once I'm in my chair, once I just start that first project, that forward momentum means a productive day. But the hardest thing to do is to get in that chair. So the thing I do, it may not work for you, is I get up early before there's any distractions. And sometimes it's five in the morning, sometimes it's six. If I'm really busy, sometimes it's 4 a.m., which is only on a rare occasion. But, um, and I get moving before there's anybody awake to stop me. And that might not be the exact thing that you do, but the real takeaway is getting started every day, every weekday, get started, the momentum will come. Now, the second thing that I would say about keeping a routine is do it your way. I got to do it my way, like Usher. You might want to reference Sinatra, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Usher. Now, the idea here is, you know, the experts are going to tell you, do this, do that. This is productive. This is the routine you need, blah, 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 blah. And I found it just to be like my diet. Okay, so I went on a diet uh, over a year ago, lost uh, 65 pounds, and uh, you know, I finally cracked it for me. And the and the the main component of this diet, the reason it worked, if you're looking for diet advice, you can check my other podcast, Ask a Dieter. There is <laughs> there's no other podcast, but you're getting the fresh good diet tips right here along with the freelance tips. And here's what it was. I quit doing what the experts said. Now, not all the way. It's not like I lost all my weight eating, you know, giant pizzas and sitting in a chair all day. But the main component that I did that really worked for me was I went with my body's natural inclination in the way that it wanted to eat. 
uh, in terms of time of the day. So they, you know, you've always heard people say that you got to start with a big breakfast, a medium lunch, a smaller dinner, and a tiny snack. Like that's what the dietitians tell you is the ideal situation. Now, that may very well be the ideal situation, but it does not work for me. If I eat a giant breakfast, I just eat a bigger lunch and then an even bigger dinner and then a crazy midnight snack. That's just the way that I go. I've noticed that no matter what I do, that I get hungrier as the day goes on and I have less willpower. And so those two things combined mean I eat a very small breakfast, a pretty small lunch, a a big dinner, and a decent snack after dinner. And that's how I cracked it, by listening to my own body. And I think the core principle for this is having the self-awareness to know what your natural ebb and flow is. Now, I think it's scientifically proven that that most people fall in either the uh, the morning lark or the night owl situation. Either you have most of your energy in the morning or most of it at night. Now, for me, I am super on in the morning, and I am like super super off at night. Like after 5 p.m., even after like 3 p.m., I kind of tank in energy levels. And it's funny because my wife actually, that's right when she gets all of her boost. And uh, so we kind of ebb and flow there. But it took us years to figure that out. Now for me, what I've done was I've made it so that I wake up early, like five or six in the morning, start working, just have little snacks, no, no major breaks, and try to finish at two or three in the afternoon. And sometimes I finish a little bit later, sometimes a little bit earlier, but I've found that this routine that matches my natural energy flow is the most productive that I've ever been. And so that's the second tip that I would give you is really be in tune with what works for you instead of just doing what the masters tell you to do. How do you stay fulfilled over an extended period of time? So this question is about how do you sustain fulfillment over a long period of time? How do you stay inspired and excited and fulfilled by the work you're doing in the long haul? I think that's what the question is about. So I think the main trick is understanding that 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 old adage that cliche is really true which says it's about the journey not the end destination and i think thinking of your career more like a vacation that's a road trip and less like a vacation that is like going to disney world where the plane ride uh, is just the annoying part once you're in disney that's when it gets started That's not what a career is like. There's no thing that you're heading towards that you're going to arrive and everything's going to be great from there. Every stage is going to have its own challenges and the own rewards. And I think that if you see it that way, you will have a lot easier of a time staying fulfilled. So what you need to remember if you're just starting out is there's an excitement to starting out. There's a, there's a beginner's luck to starting out. Yeah, it might be one of the toughest parts, but there's a give and a take there. And each, des- each part of the journey has its own reward and challenge. 
and there's no end goal. The whole career is the journey along the way. And I think the other thing to realize is that it's really like a tightrope. It's not about finishing the tightrope. It's about being balanced the whole time. It's about balancing your business and your creativity or your fulfillment, whatever it is you're doing. It's about balancing making money with being excited about the work that you're doing. And I think the way that you do that is uh, understand that the thing that you're probably making the most money on today is probably from a harvest of something you sowed years ago, something that you are really excited about uh, quite uh, a bit ago and is now just coming for the cash in and understanding that that's a process that's going to happen over and over and over. So while you might not be super stoked about what's paying your bills today, you can be sowing your seeds for tomorrow and that those are going to come along quite some time after you planted them. Now, there's a really good tip from Jim Kudal. He is a uh, designer who runs Kudal Partners. He did a uh, creative mornings talk and he has a really good tip in there. And he said, you know, one of the things you got to do when it comes to your five-year goals is making that goal for the person you're going to be in five years, not for the person you are now. Part of that, I think, is planning really big, going for something bigger than you can imagine uh, doing today because that journey is going to challenge you and you're going to grow. And by the time you get there, you should be ready to do that type of work. It shouldn't be what you're ready to do today because in five years, you'll be bored by that work. And I think that's a really, really good uh, tip from Jim Kudal. Now, the other thing I would say is to be driven by a why and not a what. And this comes from Simon Sinek. He wrote the book, Start With Why. And the idea here is that you're not looking for the type of work, like the market, that's going to fulfill you forever. You're trying to find some deeper rooted thing that you love to do, some deeper rooted process or some deeper rooted purpose that drives you, that you can approach everything you do. So that kind of looks like for me, I love to really communicate things that are important to me. Now, I can do that in all kinds of different ways and my career has been a process of figuring out which ways are mo most effective and exciting to me. So I can do that type of communication with a picture, with an illustration, uh, and I like to talk even more than I like to draw. So I can do that with my speech and that kind of communication with an analogy or a metaphor. And what I've found is the medium or the what or the product is not really the driving factor, it's the why. And so I think what you gotta figure out is not, an, not a reward or an end goal that you want to attain or achieve or a product that you want to sell, but what is the process that you enjoy the most? If you're driven by processes that you love, then you will maintain that fulfillment no matter what the end product is. So for me, I just like figuring out how to communicate something. And I don't really care how it, like what medium that takes. What I love is the process of doing it, of figuring out the best possible way to say something. And so I think 
for me, I'm really driven by that why instead of a what, and that helps me maintain fulfillment from project to project, because I'm always trying to figure out what's the best way to say this particular thing, no matter what type of work I'm doing. All right, that was episode three of the Ask a Freelancer podcast brought to you by Cushion. Go check out Cushion at cushionapp.com. You can also send in your freelancer questions on Twitter at cushionapp. I'm your host, Andy J. Miller. I'm all over the social webs at Andy J. Pizza. I want to say a big thank you to Nate Utesh for letting us use his band Metavari's music for the podcast. Go check them out at soundcloud.com slash Metavari. See you soon.